Thank you for downloading this episode of our podcast. Hi, and welcome to the podcast for Solomon Staircase Masonic Lodge number 357, where we talk about all things related with Freemasonry, including hermetic teachings, philosophy, reason, spirituality, and much more. We're located in Buena Park, Southern California. Tune in as we continue to update our podcast with informative talks and articles for Masons worldwide and those who would like to inquire within. I don't know about the rest of you out there, but when I travel, I'm always looking for Masonic places to check out. Drives my wife crazy, but that's what I do. Whether it's a lodge, a statue, or something else. A uh, perfect example is in Seal Beach, California, which is very close to where I live. There is a little mosaic tile of a square and compass on Main Street, Seal Beach, where there used to be a lodge. So the lodge is long gone, but that little tile um, mosaic is still there in an alcove on Main Street. And I always smile when I see it when I pass by. So anyways, hope you enjoy this episode as we share some information about a few places you might want to check out if you're in the area. So another episode on Masonic travels, places you can go and check out. So this first one is the new Tokyo Masonic Center. Now granted, this is from May 1992, but uh, let's learn a little bit about it. This is by Florin L. Quick, 33rd degree, past Grand Master of Japan. The property where the old Tokyo Masonic building stood, and where now stands the complex incorporating a new Tokyo Masonic building and Mori Masonic buildings 38 and 39, has a distinctive background of interest to all Masons. The land was once owned by the Hisamatsu family of the Hisamatsu Daimyo, or feudal lord, Shikoku. Required by the emperor to have a home in the capital city of Edo, as Tokyo was then called, the family maintained a mansion and a spacious garden on the property. Successive Hisamatsu lords made it a custom to alternately reside one year in Edo and the next in Shikoku. In 1928, the Hisamatsu estate was entitled to the Tokyo Suikosha, or the officers' club of the Japanese Imperial Navy, previously in the Tsukihi area, downtown Tokyo. The club moved into the Hisamatsu mansion and in 1935 built what was in those days an elegant ferro-concrete three-story western-style building as an annex to the older mansion. This came to be known as the Suikosha. A Shinto shrine was then erected and carefully located in a corner of the property so as to preserve the beautiful Japanese gardens surrounding the building. In the annex, one room was especially decorated to receive guests of the imperial family. The Suikosha was used frequently by Admirals Nomura and Genda and by other high-ranking officers of the Japanese Imperial Navy. Weddings were celebrated at the Shinto Shrine in the garden, and sumo wrestling matches were held in the mansion, sometimes the Emperor attended. It is rumored that in 1941 the decision to attack Pearl Harbor was reached on the second floor conference room. In World War II, the remains of highly revered commander-in-chief of the Combined Naval Squadrons Isoroku Yamamoto were laid in state here, and his funeral procession started from this building. Escaping the great Tokyo air raids with only smoke stains, the Suikosha was used as living quarters for officer personnel of the occupation forces until in 1950, the Sales Commission for Properties of Dissolved Organizations of the Japanese government announced that the Suikosha property, including 105,972 square feet of land and 50,085 square feet of building space, was for sale at a price exceeding $200,000. 
Soon, negotiations for purchase were begun by the Tokyo Masonic Lodge, which received subsequent assistance from the Tokyo Scottish Rite Bodies. Their efforts were supported by the issuance of bonds as well as bank loans, all of which enabled the purchase of the Suikosha to become the Tokyo Masonic Building. The second floor was used by Masonic groups, including the Grand Lodge of Japan, five craft lodges, the Scottish and York Rite Bodies, the Eastern Star, Demolay, Rainbow, and Shrine Club. The remainder of the building housed approximately 50 rent-paying tenants, including the American Chamber of Commerce, the Australian Embassy Annex, a medical clinic, and several private individual and commercial firms. To satisfy legal requirements, a corporate body was later formed for charitable purposes and then registered with the government under the name of the Tokyo Masonic Association, or Zaidan Hojin. The new association was governed by a board of trustees for which the Tokyo Masonic Lodge and the Tokyo Scottish Rite Bodies each designated three members. A subordinate corporate body, the Masonic Building Operating Company Limited, was also formed to assume the commercial management of the building and land. The bylaws of the Tokyo Masonic Association set forth its objectives to promote, encourage, and practice the true teachings of charity and benevolence, to assist the feeble, guide the blind, raise the downtrodden, and shelter the orphan, to support the government, to respect the principles and revere the ordinance of religion, to inculcate morality, to protect and promote learning, to love mankind, and to revere the supreme being. With only property taxes and conventional operating expenses to be paid and a reduced tax status on earned income, it was possible to embark on extensive charitable projects such as the donation of an iron lung to the Tokyo National Hospital, assistance to flood victims, provision of a stipend of 1 million yen monthly to selected charities, establishment of a crippled children's ward at St. Luke's Hospital, and the distribution of loans to Masonic lodges for construction purposes. A restaurant was operated, and in 1951, a swimming pool was built for the use of members and guests. By 1960, it had become apparent that the building, not having been constructed specifically for Masonic purposes, left much to be desired to meet the requirements in form, design, and construction of a real center for Freemasonry in Japan. As the years passed, the age and condition of the building would not allow its rental levels to follow the inflationary spiral of property taxes, wages of employees, and other costs. By 1974, funds formally distributed to charity had to be devoted to paying expenses. As an economy, the restaurant was closed and the large swimming pool rented out to minimize association expenses. To counteract this unfavorable financial situation, the Board of Trustees, after exploring avenues of development to ensure the property would pay its way, issued invitations for bids on a plan that provided for a developer to construct a large new office building and provide facilities for Masonic endeavors without cost to the association, and thus restore income for charitable purposes. In 1976, a proposal was accepted. It required the purchase of an additional land for rear access to the site, but provided a 12-story building for commercial purposes at a cost of approximately 10 billion yen, or about $45.5 million. The contract was signed in September 1979, specifying the construction of a commercial annex building in addition to the main structure, as well as a separate facility for Masonic purposes. When a multitude of details were arranged, the Masonic bodies moved into a temporary location and the old building was demolished, but not before several items of historical value were preserved for the new building and the thick teakwood handrails of the stairway leading to the second floor had been made into gavels. Groundbreaking was held in December 1980, and the cornerstone was laid by the Grand Lodge of Japan in April 1981. The move to the new Masonic Center was accomplished during September 1981, leaving about six weeks to prepare for the long-awaited dedication. 
Today, the Tokyo Masonic Center serves Freemasonry in Japan in many varied ways. There are, in fact, over 3,000 members in 18 lodges in the Grand Lodge of Japan, and each brother can look at the Tokyo Masonic Center as the crown jewel of fraternal achievement in Japan. And if you've never seen pictures of it, it's actually quite fantastic. So I'd recommend, if you're over there, stop by and check it out. And this next article is from the June 1999 Scottish Rite Journal of Freemasonry, and it's called Let There Be Peace by James A. Marples, 32nd degree, and this is about the Shrine Peace Memorial. The Shrine Peace Memorial, erected in Toronto in 1930, serves as an ongoing reminder that Freemasonry actively promotes the ideals of peace, harmony, and prosperity for all humankind. Illustrious Leo V. Youngworth, 33rd degree, a Knight Templar and a very devoted Mason, served as Imperial Potentate of the Shrine of North America during 1929-1930. He was from California, but he selected Toronto, Ontario, Canada as the site of the June 10th through 12th, 1930 Imperial Session. He said, I was impressed with the wonderful possibilities of making this session of the Imperial Council an outstanding Masonic demonstration. The fine feeling of our Canadian neighbors and their kindly attitude toward our own country prompted a desire to do something that would further develop the strong friendship which has existed between our English-speaking peoples for so many years. A plan was devised to create the Shrine Peace Memorial. The monument was to commemorate the friendship between Canada and America, as well as to evidence in a tangible way the friendship and brotherhood among the Freemasons of both nations. The Shrine was the ideal sponsor for such a proposal. Since it had international jurisdiction covering the entire continent, Imperial Sir Youngworth sanctioned Brother Charles Keck, a noted sculptor and a member of Kismet Temple in Brooklyn, New York, to erect the monument which was received by the Honorable George S. Henry, potentate of Ramsey's Temple No. 33 of Toronto, accepting it on behalf of the citizens of Canada. Toronto rolled out the red carpet and waited for the Shriners with open arms. The morning sun shone radiantly on the first detachment of Shriners marching 12 abreast in perfect formation, in the midst of a street lined with hundreds of national banners. With fez tassels waving in the breeze, every noble presented the right-hand military salute when the color guard presented the national flags. Incredibly, some 7,000 school children, mostly from Toronto but some from New York, paraded as well. A children's choir gave a concert in the Toronto Coliseum. Illustrious Youngworth called upon the 600,000 Shriners to continue in thought, word, and deed their support of world peace. The monument features an angel with uplifted open arms in front of a bench facing south toward the United States-Canada border, inscribed with the Shrine motto, Peace be upon you, and its response, On you be the peace. Canadian Prime Minister Mackenzie King made his thoughts clear via radio. I should like to add the thanks of the Canadian people as a whole for the inspiring monument which your order has erected on the shores of Lake Erie and which you are now about to dedicate in the cause of peace. It is indeed a worthy addition to the art treasures of the province of which Toronto is the capital city. It will be cherished by Canada as a national possession and by our continent as an abiding symbol of international goodwill. The Shrine Peace Memorial serves as an ongoing reminder that nobles sincerely and actively promote the cherished ideals of peace, harmony, and prosperity in their communities and in Freemasonry. Those Masons who have joined the Scottish Rite and York Rite have sworn to do the same by extending their cable toe of other Masonic bodies. While often seen having fun, Shrine Masons have the mission of not only enhancing Masonic fellowship and philanthropy, but also maintaining the union of the two Masonic roads which forked at the third degree. 
Each Masonic road, whether a right or other Masonic order, provides a path to travel as we all seek to improve ourselves while helping humanity. By its very nature, Freemasonry promotes sincere friendship, nurtures good character, and bestows deserved honors. These qualities are the fruit of a vine called peace. The following article is from the July 2003 Scottish Rite Journal of Freemasonry, Southern Jurisdiction, USA. Cheyenne's Windows to Our Heritage by Robert I. Palmer, Sr., 32nd degree. The Masonic Temple in Cheyenne, Wyoming stands at the corner of 19th Street and Capitol Avenue, one of the most prominent of the downtown intersections. The three-story sandstone edifice was built as a Scottish Rite temple, and Grandmaster Charles Townsend dedicated its cornerstone on June 6, 1901, and Grandmaster Bryce Lundell rededicated it on June 6, 2001. The temple contains four large lodge rooms, several meeting and committee rooms, a gymnasium, a large dining room, and several other smaller rooms for organizations, storage, and conferences. The smallest of the lodge rooms is known as the Memorial Room, and it was in there, at the building of the temple, that Masons were invited to place memorial-stained glass windows in memory of deceased family members. The building was gutted by fire in 1903, but carefully rebuilt very nearly to its original configuration. The stained glass windows in the Memorial Room were repaired or replaced, and others were added over the years. The smaller windows memorialize Clarence W. and Augusta H. Hicks, and the large windows are in memory of Edward Smiley White, Arthur Richardson, Harry Keith Schnitzer, Genevieve Hoyt, Abraham Eidelman, and Eliza A. Keefe, the latter donated by her sons, all were adorned with Masonic insignia, including Scottish Rite and York Rite emblems. Over the years, the lapse of time, the devastations of weather, and the ruthless hand of use caused the windows to sag and buckle. In the 1980s, the Masonic Building Association budgeted money for necessary repairs to the edifice. The Grand Secretary General of the Orient of Wyoming, illustrious Eldon D. Triggs, Sr., 33rd degree, recommended repair of the windows and proposed they be protected by plexiglass, both inside and outside, to prevent the deterioration they experienced in the past. The windows were repaired and now appear in the memorial room in very nearly their original condition. The cost was well in excess of $10,000 for the restoration, but the windows will continue to adorn the Masonic Temple for at least another century. The building has been on the National Register of Historical Buildings for over 20 years. The Masons of Cheyenne were indeed fortunate to have such a magnificently adorned structure provided to them by the generations of Masons who preceded them. It is a proud legacy of Cheyenne's Masonic past and an important asset for our Masonic future. So the following is from the May-June 2018 California Freemason magazine and ties in perfectly with the Masonic tourism theme. The article is called Wonders of Masonic America. If you've been seeking an excuse to see the country, there's no better time than the present. The lens of Freemasonry offers a fascinating perspective. And of course this was written before COVID, which has changed the world as we know it. But back to your regularly scheduled article. Number one, George Washington Masonic National Memorial. Come for the Masonic history and incredible architecture. Stay for the amazing view. Brother Harvey Wiley Corbett, the building's architect, drew upon the lighthouse of Alexandria in Egypt, one of the ancient seven wonders of the world, as his inspiration. 
In addition to employing many Greco-Roman architectural styles, the building includes replica lodge room, duplicating the design of Alexandria Lodge No. 22's first permanent lodge room built in 1801. Preservation of this stunning Masonic building is funded by Masons around the United States. A donation to the memorial is included in California Masons per capita. And the website is gwmemorial.org. Number two, the House of the Temple in Washington, District of Columbia. Located in our nation's capital, the House of the Temple is the headquarters of the Supreme Council 33rd Degree Scottish Rite of Freemasonry, Southern Jurisdiction, USA. Modeled after the famous mausoleum at Halicarnassus in Turkey, recognized as one of the seven wonders of the ancient world, the House of the Temple has been open to the public since its 1915 construction. Take an awe-inspiring tour of John Russell Pope's breathtaking architecture, including the two 17-ton sphinxes that adorn the building's entrance and the magnificent dome ceiling of the temple room, which soars 100 feet above the altar. You'll also be dazzled by a good amount of Masonic memorabilia in the many exhibits throughout the interior. And the website is scottishrite.org headquarters. The third one is Masonic Hall, New York City. Obviously, New York, New York. Foodies and historians unite in Manhattan's Flatiron District, where you can take in the beautiful turn-of-the-century Masonic architecture alongside food trucks and high-end cuisine alike. This impressive Masonic temple was built in 1873 and serves as the meeting place of the Grand Lodge of New York. Among its 15 immaculately restored event spaces are the fresco-embellished Renaissance Room and star-adorned Gothic Room. Its 14th floor houses the Chancellor Robert R. Livingston Library and Museum, which includes more than 60,000 volumes detailing Masonic history, philosophy, and symbolism. And the website is MasonicHallNYC.org. And the next one, number four, is the Philadelphia Masonic Temple in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. A visit to the city of brotherly love isn't complete without a visit to the Grand Lodge of Pennsylvania. Considered to be one of the most beautiful Masonic buildings in the world, the temple that houses the Grand Lodge of Pennsylvania boasts stunning rooms based on themes of the ancient architectural world, including Egyptian, Moorish, and Corinthian rooms. Constructed in 1873, it is filled with intricate ornamentation representing Masonic philosophy, symbolism, values, and history. Its museum counts among its many treasures the Masonic apron worn by United States President George Washington in the 18th century. Take a selfie with the bigger-than-life bronze statues of George Washington and Benjamin Franklin in front of the building. And the website is pamasonictemple.org temple. And the last one in this section is number 5, Santa Fe Scottish Rite Center, Santa Fe, New Mexico. Built in 1912, this pink, Moorish-style building includes a mural of King Ferdinand and Queen Isabella accepting the surrender of Bobdil, the last Islamic ruler of Granada, Spain, in 1492. It was listed with the National Register of Historic Places in 1987. You can't miss it. Its architecture and interior garden sets it apart from its surroundings. Cool down from the hot sun with a tour of the lovely Alhambra Theater and more. And the website is santafescottishrite.org.
Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and leave us a comment. We enjoy hearing from our listeners. If you really like what you heard, share this podcast with your friends and lodge members. Visit us online at solomonstaircase.org. Thank you.